I would like to share, continue with my subject that is on Game of Throne, who is winning. You know, last time when I preached, I shared on this subject. I just gave you an introduction uh, of what I really wanted to share to you, uh, share with you. Um, and it is who is on the throne. You know, as you know, we are made of spirit, soul, and body. And is our spirit reigning and ruling, you know, in our life? And the scripture which I share to you, uh, share with you, was First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then also I spoke about, you know, to, you stand in the front of the mirror, you look at your physical body, and as you stand in front of the mirror, you can see some wrinkles, some spots, and you know, and you try to rectify it. But what about our soul? How do you know where you are at, what's going on? Many times when we are so caught up, you know, in the situations of life, the pressure and the tensions and the challenges that we face, you know, and we react to a certain situation in a certain way, how do we know what's going on in our life? And the mirror for our soul is the Word of God, the Bible. As I mentioned, when you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. And quickly, from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Word of God says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word of God is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, when you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. When you come to that place, you know what's going on. You know within you, hey, I'm worrying too much. You know, maybe you're having anxiety and fear about your future, about your life, or what's going to happen. And when you read the Word of God, it brings you to, to a place where it tells you, trust God, do not fear, because God is with you. And then, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, where I spoke about, you know, that you he made alive. You were dead in trespasses and sins. So our spirit was dead. Now, dead means, it doesn't mean that you cease to exist. It means your spirit, you know, is inactive, inoperative, dormant. But when you accepted Jesus Christ, your spirit came alive. It connected with God. And then it says where I highlighted fulfilling, 
you know it says among whom also you, we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind of the body and soul then i spoke from john 3:3 3, 3. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again, born of the Spirit. Where your spirit comes alive, it connects with God. Once you were disconnected with God, once you were separated from God, but the day you accepted Jesus Christ, your spirit came alive and you connected with God. Then as you know, I spoke about our spirit is composed of three things, fellowship and intuition, if I pronounce rightly. You know, and the scriptures I have given here. And then I spoke about the three parts of the soul, mind, emotion, and will. You know, there are scriptures to it. So, our soul is made up of three parts, that is mind, emotion, and will. And then our body has five senses, sight or vision, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. I'm just quickly kind of revising what I shared with you, then I'll be sharing, to you, uh, sharing with you uh, really what God has put in my heart. The spirit, body and soul that God created have a distinct function. The spirit within us is the part that knows God intimately. It is God conscious. Our body is the shell we dwell in. It is world conscious. The soul is our intellect, will, and emotion. It is self-conscious. A person or a human is a spirit that inhabits a body and possesses a soul. You know, Mark 14, 38 says, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit in it is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, if you remember, last time I shared share with you that, for example, you know that you need to pray. You know that you need to read Bible. You know that you need to have fellowship with God. You know that you need to do right things. You know within your spirit, it is willing, but the flesh is weak. But the flesh is weak. You know, I would like to share with you from First Samuel about David. Now here was a situation, this is a perfect example who is on the throne. Is it your spirit? Is it your soul? Or is it your body? Now David, it says, was greatly distressed. Here was a situation when the enemy had come into the camp where David was, while David and his men were not there. They came in, they attacked, 
they took away the women, they took away the children, they kidnapped them, and they went on their way. And when David and his men came back to the camp, they found that the children were not there, the women were not there. Now all his men, David's men, who were so faithful, if you know the story, David's men were willing to give their life for him, they turned against him. They turned against him, and it says, and now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. They were blaming David for all the problems. This man were thinking from their soul, from their mind, the emotions that they were going through. And they were not thinking rightly. Now as a reaction, the first reaction that David had was, he was distressed. When you face a challenge in your life or you hear a bad news, the first reaction maybe you, may, you might have is you become anxious, you get worried about it, maybe angry about it, frustrated about it. Maybe you want to give up, give in. That can be your first reaction. And rightly so, David was greatly distressed. But he did not remain in that place of distress. He must have thought to himself, hey, why I need to be in this situation, this place where emotionally I'm feeling down, discouraged, I feel rejected. Even my wife and children are gone and they all are blaming me. And here, it says now, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. You see us? The soul of all people were grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. For David, he must have thought, right now in the throne of my life, my emotion has sat there enthroned. He is right now ruling. You know, that's why I'm feeling distressed. I'm feeling down. But he made a choice. I don't want to remain in that place. I need to do something. If I continue to be in that place of distress and discouragement, it's not good for me. How many of you many times feel that way? when you're discouraged, disheartened. You know, it's not helping you. It's pulling you even more down, where you lose your confidence, where your heart is filled with grief, with grief and anxieties. And here it says, and David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. You know what he must have done? That's what I think. 
I would like to ask him when I go to heaven. He must have thought, here I'm facing this situation which is not good, but I know in my past, my God has been faithful. My God had delivered me from the lion's mouth, from the bear. He delivered me and gave me the victory against Goliath. He gave me victory against all the wars, the battles that I fought. My God has been faithful to me in all the situations of my life. And I know, he must have said to himself, because I, how, I, how do I know he must have said to himself? Because in one of the Psalms he says to his soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He spoke to himself. And I believe that he must have spoken to himself that, yes, God has been faithful to me in my past and I know that my God will be faithful to me in my present and my future. And he had the promise of God over his life that he will be the king over Israel. And that promise was not yet fulfilled. And he must have thought, yes, I believe in that promise. So whatever I am going through right now, I know I will be an overcomer. How many of you, maybe, you don't have to raise your hand, ask yourself, you're going through those challenges, maybe distress, fear, anxiety, you're worried about your future, your life. I want to ask this, do you have a promise of God over your life that has been spoken over you? Maybe someone has given to you. Maybe God spoke to you when you read his word. Maybe there was a prophetic word over your life which is not yet fulfilled. Hold on to it. Hold on to the word of God. Hold on to the promises of God. Let not your emotions, your soul reign and rule over the throne of your life. Amen? And then here we know this Psalm 73. Again, there is an example of this man. He says, truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. Now here, the psalmist, probably he's thinking that he's not pure in heart. He has failed. And that's why he says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. He's talking about his faith. That my feet had almost stumbled. Maybe because I'm not pure in heart. My steps had nearly slipped. Why? For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So he's kind of questioning himself and asking, you know, Lord, I tried to be faithful. I tried to follow you. I tried to worship you. I tried to do all the right things. But here I am. My faith is shaking. 
I'm slipping away from you. Now, I don't know what he was going through in his life. But then he says, Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. You know, sometimes do you feel that when you look around and there are some rich people, big houses, and you wonder, when will I get, you know, these big houses? When will I, you know, do well in life? And these people, they don't have any struggles. <laughs> and this is what this man of God was thinking. And he says, surely I have clenched my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence for all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. This man is really struggling. But then he says, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Have you tried to understand your situation? your problems, your challenges. Many times when you try to understand your challenges and problems and situation, it becomes even more painful for you. You become more worried, more anxious, more frustrated. But then he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their end. You know, before this verse, his all focus was on his situation, his life, his problems that he was going through. But the moment he came into the presence of God, he understood that it's not about, my life is not, not all about the challenges that I face. It's about eternity. It's about God. And that's why Paul says in Romans, I can, you know, I compare my present suffering not worth compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. People of God, the good news is this. A day will come, we'll be with the Lord. We don't know when, but when that day comes, we will be with the Lord. That's the best place, better place to be in. But what happens is, while we live on this earth, while we go through all the situations and problems, you know, our mind is focused, you know, on that problem instead of God and his purposes. And he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood the end. And then it says, thus my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Then he says, nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. You see the shift from focusing on his problem, now his shift is on God and the eternal glory.
Now this man realized in the middle of this psalm that he must be writing, he must have realized that, hey, my emotions, my will, my mind is right now enthroned on the throne of my life. I need to rise up above and allow my spirit to connect with God, to know God, to know the promises of God. And then he says, we read this, then it says, whom I have in heaven but you. You know, if this morning, if you are in that place where you feel lonely, as I said before, you might have 10,000 followers on Facebook and Instagram, but you still can be in a place of loneliness. You might be in the midst of many friends, but you can still feel loneliness in your life. But know this. He says, whom have I in heaven but you? God is with you. No matter what happens in your life, God is with you. No matter where you are, God is with you. He's always with you. That's why his name is called Emmanuel. That means God with us. And then it says, there is none upon the earth that I desire, desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. What a wonderful promise of God. You know, if I can ask the worship team to come, play the music. Thank you. Now, what did this man of God do? This man of God's focus changed. That was to worship God. You know, Psalm 73, verse 28, the last verse of this psalm says, But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. He says, it is good for me to draw near to God. What is good for you? With all the problems and challenges of your life. Is it to worry about it? Or is it good for you to draw near to God? How do we draw near to God? Through prayer. Through worship. Through reading His Word. Through having fellowship with one another. And that's why when we meet each other, we encourage one another. We build each other. You know, Paul, he says in 1 Corinthians 16, 18, he's speaking about few people in the earlier verse he mentions. He says, for they refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore acknowledge such men. He says, refreshed my spirit. Now, Paul faced a lot of challenges in life. He was persecuted, stoned, put in prison. 
he speaks about hunger he speaks about being in the storm he's gone through a lot maybe in paul's life there might have come a time of discouragement where he was disheartened but then he meets some people that he mentions in the earlier verse and when he meets them he says they refreshed my spirit refreshed my spirit when you meet someone do you refresh someone's spirit or the other person gets even more discouraged Barnabas his name was son of encouragement wherever he went he encouraged people of god let us be that having that fellowship so that we'll refresh each other's spirit bring them out of their emotional situation and encourage them to draw near to god this is the battle we face in day to day life let your spirit be enthroned this is the game of throne who is winning is it your emotion will your mind or is it your spirit that is connected with god let's worship him and if anyone needs prayer feel free to come in front we'll be happy to pray for you hallelujah thank you jesus